episode four of the Woke-ish podcast. This is Ebony. And this is Zoma. And um, so this week, we are continuing on with something that we started, um, I don't know, a couple, was it last week or the week before, um, talking about the Netflix original series, You. So I finished the, um, I finally finished the series, um, or season one. And so we can finish our review of the second half. Um, but before we get there, we are going to start with our shout-out segment. Yeah. So our first shout-out goes to Mexican scientist Eva Gallegos, who apparently found the cure for HPV. So I know that HPV consists of different strains, um, but she was able to successfully, um, through human trials, um, cure, um, I think, more than, like, 20 women. Um, and it's a big deal because cervical, you know, HPV is uh, can lead to cervical cancer, and cervical cancer is actually one of the leading causes of death among Mexican women. So, um, not only you know a shout out that such a discovery was made, but that it was made by a woman and um, uh, her team. And she seems pretty young. I saw a picture of her, and she she might like be in like the latest mid thirties. So you know, shout out to her. Um, and and this scientific discovery, hopefully she'll be nominated for some sort of, like, Nobel Prize or something. Yeah. Because I think, like, like when do you ever hear of someone, you know, finding the cure for something? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's so necessary. Like, I, I don't know when the whole HPV scare started, but I remember um, really early on in high school, you know, my um, primary care provider kind of pushing me to get those... Um, shots that series of shots yeah and I mean first of all you have to get three <laughs> so that's already too many but yeah. they hurt so they did. bad yeah, oh my god like it's like you could it was like you know like a really I don't know I don't know like a really hot feeling kind of like liquid going through your arm like you could feel it for I mean, I would say five to ten minutes after you got the shot, you could feel it moving through your body. It was crazy. Yeah, and you get it pretty early, too, like as a teenager or preteen or something. Yeah, but it was crazy because I don't know if they're still doing this right now, but at the time, um, it was, like, recommended if you were sexually active. And so if you're a high school, you know, if you're in high school and it's recommended to you and you're, like, 14, your parents are still taking you to the doctor. And so to try, so it, it kind of put a lot of, I think it puts a lot of like teenage growth into a really difficult position because on the one hand you care about your health, right? And you want to get these shots, but then on the other hand, you don't want to tell your parents that you're sexually active. So then you're going without the shots. It's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. So yeah, this, yeah, this so, is hella necessary. Yeah. So shout out to her and, um, you know. Trump may paint us to be like terrible that we apparently just like are I think a lot of times Mexicans are or lately are getting a really bad rap about just being like gang members and you know just I don't know and not a lot of positive portrayals and so to have something positive coming out of Mexico right now I just wanted to make sure to highlight that mm-hmm and our second shout out goes to well uh, we, I didn't bring this up last week um, neither did I 
<laughs> yeah, our first episode of the month, but February is Black History Month. So shout out um, to all the black excellence happening every day. Um, and also, let's not forget the contributions by black men and women in, in our history, in American history, that should be celebrated and acknowledged. Um, you know, Ebony and I had been discussing once that it's, you know, kind of shady to have the, one of the shortest months of the year be Black History Month. But mm-hmm. um, nevertheless, it's still, um, you know, it's uh, something that we should, we're taking the time to acknowledge and, you know, uh, highlight not only the historical contributions of people, but the everyday contributions of Black men and women just like in, in our lives. Yeah. So shout out um, to everyone for Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay, and then our third shout-out goes to Cardi B, um, who won a Grammy for Best Rap Album of the Year. Yeah. Um, this was, I mean, this was so, I found out about this really late, because, like, I didn't watch the Grammys, and last week I wasn't, I guess I wasn't super on social media or something like that, because I completely missed this. And then I went back to watch, I was like, oh, I want to see Cardi's performance, because everybody was talking about how well put together it was. And it's like, oh, like, she also won a Grammy. Yeah. (laughs) I was was so proud of her. Like, I felt like I was looking at, I mean, not like my daughter, but, you know, like, someone that I had seen kind of grow and evolve um, over the years. And so, yeah, it was just... I mean, and for a so woman to get to rap album of yeah. Grammy for rap album is big. I mean, she, you know, went against a lot. I think it wasn't Drake up for a rap album of the year. Like, it was a lot of good, a lot of men that, um, have been doing album, have been doing music a lot longer than her. Yeah. And for her to win it, for her first album too, I think is pretty great. I, I really liked her album. Yeah. I listened to it more than once. There are some albums that I don't. Yeah. So, um, and for her to win a Grammy for her first album is great. Yeah, they, it was like, so when we were watching the recap, Travis Scott, like, he, <laughs> oh my God, he, like, had just assumed that he was going to win it. He was already walking out when they announced her name. That's I, embarrassing. Yeah, I was like, the nerve of him to just assume that he got it. Like, it was just, there was no question. I know he was, like, probably talking shit after that, but it's like, you know what? You don't get to... No, no. Yeah, I guess because he has the... He had, like, the number one album most recently, and hers, I didn't think, got to number one album. Yeah, no. He needs to just, you know, take take his Super Bowl performance as (laughs) his, like, as his victory and keep it pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And, oh, so a personal shout out. So I wanted to give a shout out to Ellen Whitehead, who um, we interviewed on our very first episode. So she yeah. was with us shooting in the gym. Um, so our episode on allyship, um, we interviewed her and she just ended the uber competitive academic job market with a fantastic job. Um, and so we won't say on here what school because I, I don't think that we're supposed to release that information. Yeah. But, you know, I just want to, um, I mean, yeah, Ellen's our friend. We love Ellen. Yeah. And, you know, having, I also share an office with her. And so kind of being around her in the last, like, year of this process, I could just see how intense and stressful it was. And, you know, just want to congratulate her for all her hard work. She deserves this and so much more. Um, she worked crazy crazy hard 
Um, yeah, so, yeah. so yes, congratulations, Ellen. Um, and lastly, just also wanted to shout out everyone who applied for schools and jobs this past academic season. Um, whether you're getting accepted to your dream school or not, um, you're heading wherever you're meant to be. So, you know, congrats to you for getting through that process. I don't miss applying for school or anything at all. Nope. <laughs> like I, I am looking forward to never having to do that again. So shout out to you if you have gone through that or are still going through it. Um, keep pushing. Yes. And that wraps up our shout out segment. Now we'll move on to our in the know segment. So now for our in the know segment. Yes. And so um, our first in the know story is a story that's kind of been, um, it's been more than a week with this story, but it's just like constant developments. um, Because I think this is something that's probably going to get dragged on for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, we wanted to to hit on 21 Savage being detained by immigration. Um, So, right now, he is currently released on bond. Um, In a statement, 21 Savage asked his representative to send a special message to his fans and supporters, and he said um, that while he wasn't present at the Grammy Awards, he was there in spirit and is grateful for the support from around the world and is more than ever ready to be with his loved ones and continue making music that brings people together. He will not forget this ordeal or any of the other father, sons, family members, and faceless people he was locked up with or that remain unjustly incarcerated across the country. And he asks for your hearts and minds to be with them. So for those of you who don't know, 21 Savage was arrested by ICE, which is immigration, um, for reportedly overstaying his visa and taken into custody where he remained for nine days. Apparently, he arrived in the United States from the United Kingdom at the tender age of seven, therefore making him akin to what some people would say is a dreamer. So a dreamer are the people who were brought here as children and were raised, practically raised here, and so consider themselves to be more American than wherever country of origin they're from. So even though I don't think he himself identifies as a dreamer, and I don't think he is um, actually, like, applied for the dreamer status, um, he's just part of that cohort. So that's like that's how I consider him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so who comes younger than 16 is considered to be, like, you know, spend if you spend the more of your life here than any other country, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to adapt and consider yourself more American than anything else, just from my experience being an immigrant. Yeah. But we just wanted to bring up just kind of, like, the reaction that people have had to this and Ebony and I have been discussing this um, just because it's just been mixed reactions from the hip-hop community and from the black community and from the immigrant community and yeah. I don't know how do you feel about it Ebony? Um, I mean I think it's really interesting to make him the face of kind of this immigration debate right now which seems like what they're trying to do, given that, like, the kinds of interviews that he's done and um, even his own language. But I, I mean, I think it's, I think that one thing to me that, like, is interesting and that we've kind of talked about is um, authenticity in hip-hop and 
you know, like what this means, like the fact that he is not born and raised in Atlanta, um, in the trap, so to speak, like he has kind of portrayed in his music. And, um, and I think how other people have, and as is also, um, the way that other people have viewed him and like what the implications of that are for, um, for hip hop in general. And so if someone like him who actually is the, um, son or stepson of a doctor, um, grew up pretty middle class and all of that, it's like, not only does it take away from his kind of image, um, as a rapper and particularly someone that talks about drugs and violence and all these things and women and all of that. But then also, you know, it being, it being used as kind of an, I guess maybe it could be like a, um, maybe it could change the way that we think about immigration perhaps. Cause I don't think that black people, um, really took very seriously how, um, I mean, the diaspora is so vast, right? So there are a lot of black people that are the children of immigrants or immigrated here themselves. And I don't think they saw themselves as a, a potential target until him. Um, and so I do think that it could show a different face to the immigration story. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was interesting, like Black Lives Matter like the Black Lives Matter group yeah. really like took on the task of mm-hmm. kind of um gathering resources for his yeah. release and making sure that um his uh, case was viewed as more than a joke yeah because um, I think for a lot of people this was just like a joke or like a funny um just like a funny story to talk about yeah. whereas um for uh, other celebrities and um, uh, Black Lives Matters, they were taking it like, oh, this is an example of black men being incarcerated. Um, and the, the only kind of other thing I wanted to touch on this was like, there's has there has been proof that Melania Trump has had has <laughs> not used the complete legal. She, she did not obtain, her and her family did not obtain their legal status in the quote unquote right. Way. Yeah. And so for like white immigrants like Melania Trump to not be targeted and for black immigrants and immigrants of colors like Mexicans and Central Americans to be targeted, mm-hmm. I think is just like that's an argument that I'm like, yeah, like yeah. I, I, I feel that as an immigrant of color, we are unjustly targeted in a way that white immigrants aren't, even if they are also uh, overstay their visas or undocumented or whatever. So I thought like the 21 Savage story kind of, um, I appreciated that, that conversation was being expanded but yeah. I also think like Ebony's right it's just kind of like it is I don't know how I feel about 21 Savage basically like I don't know making his whole persona be about a st- I don't know I, yeah. I, I, I'm conflicted about it. it's like if you listen to his music, you would like he never talks. Of, you would think that he literally came from the streets like two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, and it's like you know, I I think that it's. I mean, yes, it, it's problem. It's problematic for hip hop, right? But then I think also for, um, 
I think also for like the young people that are listening to this music and are thinking that these rappers are living the lives that they're claiming that they are living in their music and are trying to model their own lives after these rappers. And it's like you like you're you're lying to these kids and they and they're, you know, really out here trying to sell drugs in um to to make themselves um you know, like seem like they're more popping based on this this kind of roadmap that you've laid out <laughs> this like yeah fraud- this fraudulent roadmap and it's like why is who you are truly as a person not enough why do we have to yeah. pretend to be something and you know have kids out here really trying to emulate this um, yeah i don't know it's 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 ridiculous i mean granted i think he did get shot or shot at or something like that so maybe <laughs> maybe that gives him like his street cred but i don't know yeah, we'll we'll definitely be updating the story because it, you know, he's there's he still potentially could be deported. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, yeah, he's yeah, released. Yeah. He's on bond, but that doesn't mean like it's resolved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, our next story is another trash story. Um mm. So apparently Trump has declared a national emergency in an attempt to get of immigration in an attempt to get funding for his wall. So President uh, Donald Trump's declaration of a national emergency um, is to divert money to build his proposed border wall along the Mexican border after Congress refused to authorize such funding. The declaration, which Trump made Friday, last Friday, has divided Republicans, with some saying that moves some the move amounted to constitutional overreach and could open the door to a future Democratic president declaring similar emergencies over issues that the GOP disagrees with. The national emergency has already drawn legal challenges, which Trump said he expected in announcing the emergency. He also said he declared the emergency not out of necessity, but to facilitate facilitate quicker wall building. So he straight up said, I'm doing this not because we really need it, but because of a way for me to get money for my wall and um i think like this is not only speaking to this is like not beyond just a constitutional issue of can the president really just ignore the other two branches of you know ignore the checks and balances there and just say okay if the if the judicial system and the congress isn't doing what i want to do then as president i'm just going to do things my way Mm -hmm. which i think is dangerous and then also it's like how badly does he want this how badly do people really want this that they're willing to just like believe something that's not true like literally people are telling him they the numbers the statistics don't you know support the need for this to be an emergency like there are other things in this country right now like flint not having water like climate change like yeah. they're the heroin epi- or the oh, epidemic like those are real national emergencies but yet he's choosing to say that this is what you know we need 5.7 billion dollars of funding to address this and that the way to fix it is through a wall yeah no he's ridiculous he's ridiculous and i you know i would just i would very much like to cancel him i mean i know that we can't it's frustrating but i'm counting down the days as all these candidates announce their uh, plans to I know. run Did in you see 2020, Bernie Sanders? yes, yes. And I was actually, I thought about you because I remember us talking about it, and you're like, "Can he? uh, he's old?" Can't, yeah, and it's like, you know, I mean, good for him. I'm proud of him. 
I am too. And but now I'm just kind of like, who's going to be the Democratic candidate? There's so many. people. Yeah, I feel like rather than us focusing on who's running, a better question would be who isn't running because it seems That's like true. everybody's just throwing their hat in the ring. Anybody yes. that that has you know any kind of real, maybe I should throw my hat in the ring. You should. <laughs> Might as well. Like, right? You know. It's like, why not? I mean, I'm sure I know more about politics than Donald Trump, so there That's really is true. no reason not to. What's holding me back? Yeah, so Trump does another trash move. Yeah. Um, I I doubt like, that like, he's definitely going to get challenged in court. He even said this is going to get challenged in court. But I just think like this speaks to how desperate he's being and how he straight up is telling us, I just want this law no matter what logic, reason, or numbers tell me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So Gucci announced that they'll be launching an action plan to increase diversity after issuing an apology for their blackface sweater. So they, um, you know, I mean, they have been under fire for these last few weeks because they, um, you know, they released this, this sweater that, I mean, it, I don't really think that there's very, very much question at this point whether or not it's kind of, um, hearkening back to like blackface and all of that stuff. Um, but now they're pulling like a Starbucks kind of move where they've decided to, um, launch a diversity and inclusion campaign. And so their initiatives include, um, you know, hiring global and regional directors for diversity and inclusion, creating a multicultural design scholarship program, um, launching a diversity and inclusivity awareness program, implementing a global exchange program. Um, and so it's, I mean, research has shown that a lot of these um, trainings and things like that are ineffective. Um, especially because, you know, the companies, they don't actually, um, invest in kind of long-term, um, things that can affect long-term change. They think that they can just kind of bring their employees in, give them a good, you know, stern talking to, and then that'll rectify all the issues. And that's actually not how it works. You kind of need like an ongoing, um, kind of in-house system to correct some of this stuff. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, when, when Starbucks did it, I was like, oh, good for them because it was the first time that I'd really heard of, you know, such a big company doing something like this. But now that Gucci's doing it, I'm like, eh, you know, it just, it, I mean, they're just kind of trying to save face and. Yeah, it's like the formula for when white people fuck up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, let's slap a, let's slap a diversity and inclusion band-aid on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not holding my breath. This sweater was ugly as fuck, too. It was so hideous. It was so hideous. Um, yeah, I don't know what they could have been thinking. And I'm tired of the excuse that, like, oh, we didn't know. Like, all these European yeah. brands acting like they didn't know. And it's like, no, you, I mean, you have not been under a rock. You you know what's going on. I mean, I instantly saw a picture that was like, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how so many people, like, this is millions of dollars in marks. I just, I, it blows my mind. Yeah. They just don't care, but. Yeah, and I, I look here, I'm starting to feel like at this point, it's kind of a, you know, it's like a publicity stunt, you know, like them trying mm-hmm. to, I mean, I thought, I thought two things, right? So, I know, I mean, Gucci has kind of become a staple brand in hip-hop culture 
And yeah. I'm sure they're not happy about that. Like, I'm sure they're not happy that there's a Gucci man. I'm sure that they're not happy <laughs> that they're associated with, like, Gucci gang. Or like that, Gucci? Yeah, or that, like, Soldier Boy has a Gucci tattoo on his face. Like, I'm sure that they don't want, you know, they don't want their brand to be used in that way. So I was like, maybe, you know, they know that black people today are good for boycotting. And so maybe they wanted that. Maybe they wanted you know, black, they wanted to disassociate themselves from, you know, hip hop and, and, and kind of that culture. So that could be it on the one hand. And then on the other hand, maybe they knew that it would kind of create some buzz around their brand name and then people would um, buy more, you know, not just, so it's like, you know, non-black people, but then also some black people like Floyd, there are people it, who I'm sure that they probably paid to be like, you know, oh, F all of this, like, I'm gonna wear Gucci regardless. It just, I don't know. Something about it is just, like, super unsettling. I don't know what's going on. Um, it's hard. I mean, I'm not. It's hard to be, like, angry or frustrated at this point since so many people are doing it. But, yeah, you know, I'm kind of like, well, I wasn't wearing like, Gucci. I gotta, I gotta reserve my anger for. Yeah. Like, I wasn't wearing Gucci. So, I, I, I don't know. No love lost for me. I mean, no love gained or lost. Like, I don't care about them either way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so that wraps up our In the Know segment and now for our What's Being Slept On segment. I strongly suggest that you wake the fuck up. So now for our What's Being Slept On segment. Um, so we will be discussing the um, show You, and we have, Zama has kind of gone through uh, to great lengths to try to avoid any spoilers as we talk through this um but you know if you plan to watch the show and haven't um you might want to skip past this point or this um this segment and come back to it later and so yeah uh so i finally finished the series and i mean it's pretty crazy the ending yeah. is pretty crazy yeah all the way through like the last minute <laughs> i know the final episode yeah, at, like, episode set at, you know, six, I was like, this isn't the end? Like, there's yeah. still more? Yeah. I can't believe the way that it ended. I'm so disappointed. Yeah. Well, we'll see. So, leaving off from the last part one, we kind of went over episodes one, two, and three and kind of set the, the backdrop of who Joe was, who Beck was, Peach, her friend, and how Ebony and I were trying to decide whether he was being super obsessed, like how creepy his behavior was. And as the season continues, it indefinitely gets more and more creepy. So um, Joe confronts more obstacles in his quest for the quote unquote perfect relationship with Beck. And in the, the rest of the season, we come across more obstacles. So in the first part we talked about Benji her like fling that he kind of had to deal with um and in this part of the season we are introduced to uh uh more in depth to how Peach is kind of like a cock block for him we're introduced to Dr. Nikki who is Beck's therapist and then Beck herself it eventually becomes an obstacle in their own relationship, which we'll get into. So the, there are a total of 10 episodes in this season. And so we're going to kind of give a, a brief overview. Um, 
from episodes four to six, then episodes seven to nine, and then kind of talk about the season finale. And as Ebony said, we're going to try not to give too much away, but we are going to hit on some of the major things that happened just because they were so crazy we wanted to talk about them. So episodes four to six called, uh, episode four is called The Captain. And in this episode, we learn the truth about Beck's family and her lies about her father. So uh, Beck had been telling everyone that her father died of a drug overdose. And then we learn that she is a motherfucker liar and that he is alive and he actually has a new family. And so um, she just chose to kind of kill him off because she doesn't have a good relationship with him. He mostly just gives her money. And this episode, for me, that's when I kind of started, like, disliking her. And then it just went downhill from the rest of the season where I liked her less and less. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's it's kind of fucked up to, like, basically tell everyone your dad died and for him to be alive. Episode 5 is called Living with the Enemy. And here, shit really hits the fan with Peach, her best friend, because Joe finds out that Peach is actually as obsessed with Beck as he is, and it leads him to commit another crime against Peach. So Joe finds um, that Peach has, like, secretly been taking all these, like, kind of inappropriate photos of Beck, like of her sleeping, of her changing, of her in like bathing suits. And so he kind of puts two two and two together and realizes that Peach isn't just like an overly protected friend, but he's actually in love with Beck and that Peach, you know, he has competition with her. And then as the viewers, we start to see that Peach sees Joe as a threat as well. And that, um, the, you know, for the rest of the season, we kind of see this back and forth between Joe and Beck being, which I think both stalkers obsessed with her. And um, I think both kind of just wanting to be with Beck and wanting to be the only person in Beck's life. And then in episode six, a more foul. Um, Joe commits yet another murder and eliminates another obstacle in Beck's life. Um, Peach is now gone, and Joe thinks he can now be free to be in his perfect relationship. But of course, things don't always go as planned. So I had told Ebony, before I even saw it, that I thought Peach was in love with Beck. Were you surprised that Peach ended up being, like, obsessed with her? Um, hmm. I don't, I, I mean, I... So, yeah, I was surprised. I didn't necessarily anticipate it going in that direction, but I didn't think it was as big a deal or as bad as he did. Like, I felt like it... I mean, if she if she was gay and she had a crush on Beck or whatever, like, it, she wasn't hurting her. You know, like, she, it seemed like she actually genuinely cared about her. Um, but that... Joe was kind of getting in the way. Um, and I think that I feel like Peach had like protected her and looked out for her and all of that. And um, maybe she got creepier as time, like as Joe um, got introduced to her, like, you know, introduced to Beth's life. And so I think she felt like he was competition and, in a way that, because it, it wasn't just that, like, um, Peach didn't want Beck to have any kind of boyfriend or any like 
you know, love interest because she had a boyfriend before Joe. Yeah. You know, but it was Joe's creepiness that I think made Peach uncomfortable and um, kind of doubled down on her sort of obsession or whatever. Yeah, and I think... (laughs) Yeah, and I think Peach, like wasn't just like for me it was like more than just a friend being in love with you it was kind of like when a friend becomes unhealthy and so like for me I've had a friend one of my best friends actually we're not friends anymore because I talked to my therapist and we both decided like I couldn't she couldn't be in my life anymore but she used to do the whole like suicide attempts and um like she had several suicide attempts and I feel now looking back I think that they were kind of not like I don't think she really wanted to end her life I think she just wanted some it was it was like like for example it was one time I told her I was moving out that like I needed to move back uh, because I had moved away from the city that I was from and we were living together and we were supposed to live there for like a couple of years and then I would eventually move back to be closer to my family, but I ended up moving back sooner than I wanted to because of some family stuff. And when I told her that I was leaving, she like had a suicide attempt and made me feel really bad and told me that one of the reasons that she, you know, wanted to kill herself was because I was leaving. And it made me feel really guilty and it really made me feel like I need to be here, I need to stay, I need to take care of her. And so when I saw, like, that dynamic with her and Peach, I was just kind of, like, under... I I, I could see and I could be, like, Beck, obviously Peach isn't good for you. She's, like, being really manipulative. But being in Beck's position before, it's just, like, all you think is this is my best friend and I have to be there for her. And you don't think she's doing this because she's being manipulative. Like, that you... Or you don't want to think that. So when I was watching that play out, it was kind of like deja vu of, wow, like, it's not too far-fetched that this would happen. There are really, like, friendship dynamics where maybe it's not as extreme as it was with Peach and Beck, where, you know, Peach is, like, having these suicide attempts. But I feel like we all have that friend that kind of, like, is really clingy and needy and kind of does things just to kind of keep you um, in an unhealthy dynamic. And so I, 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 in when watching that section, I was kind of glad when Peach died because I was like, I was like, Peach is just terrible for Beck. Even though I'm not liking Beck, Beck will never be able to have a healthy life if Peach is her friend. Um, and then moving to episodes seven to nine. Um, so episode seven is called Everything Ship, which I actually kind of liked that word. So Joe and Beck break up finally and it seems like Joe is finally in a healthy relationship with Karen, a new person that he meets and is even starting to go to therapy, although it is the same therapist that Beck goes to. (laughs) But I felt like in this episode for me, I finally was like, oh, Joe is like, you know, in recovery from Beck a little. He like has another girlfriend and... He's trying to move on, even though he would still, like, cyberstalk her and check what her Facebook was doing and do all this stuff. I felt like it was a step towards trying to be healthy, quote-unquote. 
So in this episode, I was just kind of like, okay, maybe the season's going to end here. And then I checked and I was like, 10 episodes, man, more shit's going to go down because there's still more, there's still like more episodes to happen. Um, and then episode eight, you got me, babe. Joe and Beck cross paths again because they have mutual friends and he does Karen wrong by cheating on her with Beck and then eventually Joe and Beck get back together. So it's just kind of like the saga of an unhealthy relationship where they break up and get back together. And then in episode nine called Candace, um, Beck tries to track down Joe's ex and starts to become suspicious of him. Her suspicious culminates when she finds Joe's secret box where he has mementos of his crimes and his pursuit for Beck. So in this part of the season, we we slowly see Beck start to get tired of him. He starts to become suspicious. Um, she even like hints at like maybe he did something to hurt her. She thinks that she might be dead. And so now we're starting to see that Beck is um, slowly starting to see Joe for his creepiness. And um, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, because... I feel like there's there's a point where you can't like you can't hide a lie. Like maybe you can do it for years, but like eventually I think everything comes to light. So I was just like waiting for that moment where Beck figured out that Joe was fucking crazy. Um but uh at this point I was like so over Beck that I kind of was like I just need them to let to end. Yeah, I was I mean, I was like so irritated with her. Well, not 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 her necessarily, but with the writing that she took him back after all of that. Like I, like he, I, I don't know. I thought that maybe she wanted him because she couldn't have him. You know, like wanting what you can't uh. have while he was in a relationship. And so then when he ended things with Candace and went, you know, to Beck's door, I just knew that like, oh, she was gonna not want him and all that stuff. But no, lo and behold. She says yes, and then invites this toxic ass man. <laughs> I know, just, oh, and she's toxic just, for him. I think yeah. like that's what to me was like. Oh, not only is he bad for her, but she's bad for him because he and was. She knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was becoming a better person without her in his life. Yeah, yeah, and like when he tried to, when he did try to come back, she told him like. You know, we're not good for each other. Like, I, I'm not good for you. And yet, and still, she backslid. Um, but, I mean, when he, I don't know, when she discovered all that stuff, I was like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, we're getting somewhere. She's finally going to realize how crazy he is and all this stuff. But she took so long. She was moving hella slow. And then again, with the writing, the way that they always, um, uh, they always portray like white women with blonde hair as just like making super dumb decisions. Like, <laughs> decision after just, and it's so irritating because it's like hella, you know, like basic to me and like stereotypical. Like, oh yeah, okay, she's gonna trip and fall or she's gonna drop something and forget to pick it up or not do a very good job cleaning up or, you know, and all of this stuff. And she just fell right into every single thing like we could have predicted. Um, yeah yeah and from a graduate student perspective I was so frustrated 
at how terrible of a graduate student she was. Yeah. Like, in the first half of the season, they make it seem like, oh, she's a victim. She has this, like, uh, re- advisor who's, like, hitting on her and who wants yeah. to, like, sleep with her. And poor her. And, you know, she needs the job, so she can't tell him to fuck off. But yeah. then you realize she doesn't do her writing. She doesn't do her assignments. She procrastinates yeah. the fuck out of things. Wait, who did her writing? No, she doesn't do, like, she would always say, like, I have to write, but she wouldn't write. And then, like, she had an assignment she had to do, and she didn't do it. And then, finally, when it was time for her to turn it in, she had, like, this one-page scribble, handwritten on her notebook. And I was like, bitch, what, in what department could you ever just walk in and be like, sorry, I wrote it on... They did portray, like... Yeah, so... I, yeah, yes, they did. They portrayed it as like, oh, uh, you could really put this little effort and get through this program. And then all of a sudden, you write this really awesome story at the end, and you are, yeah, and then you're a, you're an awesome graduate student. So I, I, I didn't like that. So that was my graduate student rant of how they portrayed graduate school in this. I didn't even notice, I didn't even notice that. I was so focused on everything else. Now, that's one oh, no, thing that I found frustrating. Yeah, no, that is a really good point. Um, yeah, I, let me see, I mean, just all of those episodes, like, oh, wait, you haven't gotten to, okay, so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. Yeah, and so episode 10 is the season finale, and it's called Bluebeard's Castle, and so Joe commits more murder, and the saga of Beck and Joe comes to an end. At the end of the season, Beck is dead and joe is confronted by none other than his ex candace it seems that she's not dead after all and this leaves us with a cliffhanger for season two so after all that we learn and then biggest spoiler of all that he fucking kills beck yeah that's just i did not see that coming at all me neither i thought she was gonna i thought she was for sure gonna turn him in i was so irritated with that because i'm like we what what I, after after all of this investment in Beck and all of that, like at least she could have gone on to live her life by herself. But it's like, no, he's gonna kill her. I wanted her to like, I don't know. I wanted kind of more suspense than that. I thought it was gonna be like each season would be a different relationship. So it'd be a different guy with a different yeah. girl. Maybe a girl would be the next one. Maybe it'd be two gay guys. Maybe it would be like a. Oh, an age difference one but I was like oh, okay so we're gonna keep following Joe yeah I guess he's the draw which I mean yeah I guess that's, that's true but um I mean I I kind of so at the end you find out that like Beck writes this story while she so Joe kidnaps her before he kills her and during her time in like his prison basically she writes this story and the story ends up being published and it's like the it's the irony that you know she becomes famous when she's dead and so i thought like that part was kind of cool that she was trying to be a writer this whole season write the best story and the story that ended up making her famous is the story that she wrote when she was about to die so and she doesn't even get to relish in the success of her of her fame and I thought it was I was like wow they the writing they really found a way to help, to help Joe escape 
all the different crimes that he committed. Like he was just, there was just an out to all of them. All the murders he committed, he didn't get caught. All the crimes he committed, he was able to skate through. And that was just like so unrealistic. But of course, this, this white, although he is a white man. So maybe, you know, if you're a white guy, you can get a moral of the story is if you're a white guy, you can get away with a lot of shit. Yeah, it's like, it's so dumb because he, so, I don't know. I don't know. Those last couple episodes really confused me because I'm like, he puts her in this box, right? The same box that he's been putting everybody in and killing them and all that and forces her to write. She writes the story, but then still doesn't want to be with him. Like, so it was weird because he, he, he put her in the box so that she wouldn't, tell you know because she was like he wanted her to love he wanted her to realize that how much he loved her and that he did everything out of love like he killed all the people around her out of love um and then try to get her to write because she hadn't been writing and so then she writes something and professes this love for him and like oh i realized you know that what you were saying is true and that i love you as much as you love me and yada 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 but then tries to escape and so then he kills her, but then he steals her. Well, I, I, I guess, I don't know. Did he steal it? Because he gave her credit, but like, yeah, he kind of steals her story and publishes it without her permission, but then she's, she's dead. <laughs> so it's like, what is the point of all of that? Like, what is the point of everything? I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. every And then it's like, they introduce us to this girl that nobody cares anything about. You know, like, I mean, we don't care about her. I mean, I guess we want to know, like, oh, what, you know, what happened to his ex, you know? Because we, I had just thought that maybe she was dead at this point. Um, but she's not dead. But I don't really care enough about her to want to know her story. I I do think it's, like, like you're saying, it's an interesting cliffhanger, right? Because Joe, or Beck, thought that the ex was dead, too. And so we had kind of been led this whole season to believe that she's dead. Like, oh, bam, she's not dead. So so Beck kind of died for no reason. Um, but then at the same time, are we invested enough in this girl to really care to continue to watch this and figure out what happened? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch the next season. But I do feel like it could be, this could be a seven-episode show. It doesn't have to be 10. Ep- like, I felt like it was two to three episodes too many. Yeah. And then Ebony and I talked about how we felt like at the end, the writing got kind of sloppy. Like, they were just kind of like, oh, man, we made so many plots and twists, but yeah. we only have two episodes left, so we got to wrap it up. Yeah. And it's just, it was all over the place. Like, I'm like, what is happening? What What's the point of... What's the point of her dying for him, for him to... Like, I hope that they somehow weave that back in. Like, I want to know what the point was of the book. You know, because it, it was... I mean, there was so much buildup on her writing. Like, her, you know, not writing successfully throughout the season. And then, boom, puts her in this box. She writes. He publishes it. Is there something that's going to come out later about this? Oh, the the thing was... I don't know if you talked about this. Did you mention her, like, actually sleeping with the, the therapist? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, so that, to me, was crazy because I was thinking that she didn't. I was, like, believing her that, you know, or kind of, I don't know who I was believing. Was it 
Yeah, no, yeah, because, uh, so we didn't say this, but, uh, because there's so much shit that happened in all these episodes, but one of the things was Joe accused Beck of sleeping with her therapist, and she made it seem like he was being psycho and paranoid, and we are all like, yeah, he's being, yeah, we're like, oh, he's just being psycho, she wouldn't sleep with his therapist, and then he decides, like, okay, I guess he's not sleeping with him, and, you know, that's why he continues to go to therapy with him because he initially starts seeing him as a patient to get some intel on whether yeah. he can figure out if they slept together and then comes to the conclusion that they didn't. But then, like, three or four episodes down the line realizes that they did sleep together. So, Beck, you know, another reason why I disliked Beck, it was because like, she just cheat. She cheats, like, she just... Not only cheated on Joe with this therapist, but then also cheated with Joe when he was with his girlfriend. So she's yeah, just like, yeah, I was like, she's not a good girlfriend. You know, but Joe, tech, I mean, he, although Joe also did cheat on his girlfriend, so that doesn't make him a good boyfriend. But I think deep down, like, Joe wants to be a good boyfriend. And I would have been, I mean, obviously, like, I would have been, I was like, uh, he's trifling in general for cheating on whoever but then i'm like also this is a black girl how dare he (laughs) i did that too oh my gosh i took that personal too yeah i was like how dare he get with her (laughs) and then cheat on her with his ex like no that is trifling and then on top of that beck is gonna meet that meet the girl in person and then still have sex with her boyfriend yeah or like text him Right after he saw him with his new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fucked up, too. It was really trifling. Like, I'm I'm there with you. Um, but, I mean, yeah. So, wait, he killed the therapist, right? Yes, yes, yes. He ended up killing the therapist because he got real, real mad. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, he, he was just so insane. Like, how do you just kill just anybody, any and everybody? And it's like, it, why does it never occur to you that... Oh, like if I have to track all these people down and kill them to be with her, maybe we just aren't meant to be. Like it's just not working oh. out. Like, and this, yeah, yeah, no, and, and this everybody out of her life. And this wasn't even that long in their relationship. Imagine if they got married, how many people he'd have to kill. Yeah, yeah, and then have to keep killing. Yeah, like, he probably wouldn't have even wanted them to have kids or anything because that would have been competition. That's true. That's true. Like, he's like really crazy like really crazy and so i'm yeah i mean i am you know by the time like i'm like i said i'm irritated with the writing but by the time the new um season starts i'm sure i'll be over it and um you know we'll want to know what is going on with him and his ex um i i feel like they're they're gonna have like build in some kind of plot twist you know something that we just like really weren't expecting um i actually don't even know if they have a choice because they have to like they they really built up like the, all this momentum from season one that they're gonna have to kind of carry on through season two because it was i mean just every episode was like <gasps> <gasps> yes yeah you know? yeah and so i think that they're gonna have to continue on with that and i hope they can do it Yeah, I mean, I, so, I remember last episode, I kind of hinted that I didn't think he was that bad, but now I I think he's bad. Hinted? Hinted? (laughs) Okay, I said that I didn't think he was that bad, 
but he's definitely bad. Like, he's a bad guy. He killed so many people. Yeah, he killed, like, five people in one season. Yeah. He's technically a serial killer. Yeah, exactly. And he's, like, I, and he's, and the thing is that he did not see anything wrong with it. Like, when she, when he had her in that box and she was, like, yo, like, you killed everybody I care about. He's like, can't you see? I did this for you. Like, you're so unappreciated. (laughs) What? You're out of your mind. Yeah, no, he was full on psycho there. Yeah, he couldn't, he he just couldn't see the fall, the, like, you know, error in his ways. Um, It's a shame. Yeah, but it was, it, I mean, it was interesting. I, you know, I'll definitely watch season two when it comes, but uh, I just don't know how they're going to be able to keep, like you said, the same amount of momentum in season two, or maybe they'll just, like, learn from their mistakes in season one and only give us a couple of plot twists so that we can keep up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll keep watching. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, I mean, I would love to hear from the listeners, and if y'all have watched the show, what you thought of it? Yeah, um, yeah, because it definitely—I know it was getting a ton of buzz on um, social media and everything. Because when I went to you, I went to use some hashtag, and um, a lot of people had used. The, the same like Netflix original series um you hashtag so I'm like okay people are watching this show so yeah I'm interested in seeing where it goes yeah so as always if you guys have any feedback about the episodes any suggestions for topics or shout outs you can send them along to our email at woke.ishpodcast at gmail.com Follow us on Instagram at Wokish Podcast. We put up clips from every episode on our Instagram. Also, feel free to DM us. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at um, Wokish Talk. Wokish. I ask you every week. <laughs> like, it's like I refuse to learn our Twitter. But yeah, um, so we hope you like, you know, enjoyed our recap of this. Um, season of this uh, show if you have any ideas or you would like us to recap a show that you're into um, you know let us know and we'd be more than happy to you know give you our insights and what we think about it yeah yeah thank you so much for listening and until next week bye bye